You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Alexa, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Wednesday, a game day back in the Crescent City, not on the road anymore. That is a big deal for this Pelicans team. After their recent 0-5 streak, losing on Monday night, we're a day late here. I had some family in town, basically, so we had to take care of them. So we're recapping the 122 116 loss to the Oklahoma City Thunder a day late. It'll be okay. We're going to get through this together. Then we need to talk more about this losing streak. Five games in a row now. Sorry, six games in a row now for the Pelicans and put that into some context. We're going to talk about a couple other things as well and then preview tonight's game against the Chicago Bulls. Maybe this Pelicans team can get back on track. This is certainly a team to do it against. So a lot to cover and catch up on in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. All right, so a 122-116 loss to the Oklahoma City Thunder. It's the Pelicans' sixth straight loss, fifth on the road on this five-game road trip. And we're going to put this into some context in a minute, but I want to just quickly recap this game because I think the context is more important than looking at this game on an individual level. Not the best Pelicans game. They did start Wesley Johnson in this one. You had Drew Holiday, each one more. Wesley Johnson, Nikola Mirtich, Anthony Davis. You had, and then Julius Randle coming off the bench, who was kind of the star for the Pelicans. Davis, though, played almost 38 minutes in this one. 20 points, 8 rebounds. And it looks like, on the surface, those are decent numbers. But AD can do that with almost one arm tied behind his back. He can do it in his sleep or insert whatever other cliche you want in this. He did have five turnovers, and it's very clear that while he has this elbow injury, something is very much not right still. And maybe he's rushing back from this injury a little bit too early. Now, all of a sudden, you have Alfred Payton, who's upgraded to questionable from out for tonight's game against the Chicago Bulls. And it's been rather frustrating that he's got this quad injury and he hasn't been and playing and there's been no update from the Pelicans, but with AD not nearly being as effective as he normally is or as he should be for this team, you can kind of appreciate and understand a little bit more why the Pelicans are taking a much more cautious approach with injury and with their players than it has been in the past couple of years. Part of this goes back to the article that was written for SB Nation over their kind of programming, training, I don't know, diagnostics is maybe the best word, on how they approach injury after the past couple of years and keeping AD healthy and how they take a look at it with that and they're applying some of it to that and maybe that makes them a more cautious team but certainly with AD kind of you know moving his elbow and kind of kicking it out or whatever you want to say with it during these games and not nearly being as efficient or as effective or commanding the high usage rate that he normally does something is not right and maybe it would have been better to keep him on the shelf during this time and not rush him back or not put him out there if he's not 100%. And I think you're kind of seeing that. If he has just a middle-of-the-road game for him, the Pelicans win this one. They really do. Their bench got them back into this one in the second half, led by Julius Randle. There we go. We finally dive into the numbers here. Who was perfect, by the way, on the night. 
He was 10 of 10 from the field, 2 of 2 from deep, 4 of 4 from the line, finished with 26 points, 8 rebounds on the night. That's a very good performance. Ian Clark got some minutes again as the Pelicans really try and figure out this backup point guard spot. He played almost 32, finished with 10 points. The shooting wasn't there, but at least it's just kind of a different option than what they had been doing, which didn't work. Frank Jackson didn't play in this one. Tim Frazier, the other guard off the bench there, only played eight minutes and was very ineffective during that stretch. But it was the Pelicans bench that really did kind of claw them in there again, led by Julius Randle. And that's going to need to happen when Etwan Moore only gives you four points on the night. He played just 16 minutes in this one. Wesley Johnson played almost 19. He finished with five points on the night. And they just didn't have it going against this Thunder team. Anthony Davis, by the way, in his 38 minutes, minus 18 on the night. Nikola Mirotic did play almost 32 minutes. He was 16 points, 16 rebounds. He's consistently putting up a double-double, averaging those rebounds, getting those points, even if it's not the three-point shooting. He was one of five from deep, so it kind of goes to show you that he can still just impact a game in other ways. At least that's really good during this losing streak that he is playing very well and not just doing it with his three-point shooting. Drew Holiday almost played 40 minutes in this one, 22 points on the night, 14 assists, four rebounds, but he had six turnovers. Davis had five turnovers as well, and that's really where this team struggled. And this comes down to the kind of larger issue with this Pelicans team during this losing streak. We said we're going to put it in some context. They were basically the number one team, and I gave you the numbers in Monday's pod before this game heading into the you know what, where they were during this losing streak. They were great at not turning the ball over. Well, all of a sudden, that has changed. 21 turnovers on the night led to 28 points for the Oklahoma City Thunder in transition for that team there too. Fast break points, Oklahoma City had 18. The Pelicans had just nine. You're turning the ball over. You're not scoring in the fast break when we've seen this team doesn't have the shooters to kind of keep up in the half court at times. You're going to have issues. The Pelicans just aren't playing the way that they were playing during that four-game winning streak. The pace has dropped. The offensive rating has dropped because of that. And because they're turning the ball over more, that's probably the biggest reason here. They're just not playing their style of ball. Even if they're in transition, they've had bad passes in the half court. And they were the number one half court team during that four-game winning streak. Going into the Jazz game, number one in the half court. That is absolutely changed. I don't have the numbers on it, but it's been not good since then. So that kind of puts this in a little bit of context as well. It's really starting with Anthony Davis. He's just not being the guy that New Orleans needs to win. He had that interview with Yahoo saying, I need to play a, you know, a perfect game in order for us to win. That's not true. It's, it's not even remotely true. But you got to play better than this. You know, right now he's averaging during this the the past three games, 18 points and nine rebounds, but he's only shooting 36.7% from the field. 18 and nine is nothing for this guy, but that's all he's putting up. It's probably due to the injury, certainly. But if he is healthy or even remotely plays like he should be, this team is winning some of these games. 36.7% from the field, that is gross and ugly and not a number that he should be shooting. A lot of it has to do is teams are trying to take the pain away from him and he's having to rely on that long mid-range game of his way more often than the past two seasons. We used to see it. It was a pick-and-pop thing. He had that silky mid-range jumper that no one can 
contest because when he jumps up and elevates for it, he can drain it, and he was great at it. You all know what I'm talking about. But he's gotten away from that for the past two years with Alvin Gentry here, focusing on more at the rim or from three. You've seen the three-point attempts rise. You've seen the shots in the paint or at the rim rise as well, and he's getting away from that mid-range in favor of more, a more efficient uh, you know, shot selection. The problem is now that those are kind of being taken away from him, the good shots, he has to go back to that mid-range thing, and he hasn't been practicing it for two years in live game situations, so he's missing more. And he just kind of needs to snap out of this and he's had some dominant moments he looks really good but certainly this isn't the Anthony Davis that's going to lead this team to a lot of wins or who's even an MVP candidate all right in the next segment I want to touch on Julius Randle I want to touch on Alfred Payton their overall importance to this team particularly with Alfred Payton coming back from injury and what he'll bring back to this Pelicans team and where Julius Randle needs to improve and you saw it a little bit the other night from him but before we get to that look Ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for advice. It, it ranges from a, a lot of different things, how to do this full time, but a lot of the time it's what team to bet on this week. And honestly, look, I talk about the Pels, I talk about the NBA overall, but I talk about what happens, not necessarily a predictive factor to this because I honestly don't know who's going to win. But if you think you know, and man, a lot of my listeners who I've talked to absolutely know who is going to win. They make better predictions than I do. But if you think you know, you've got to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they are your best bet this season. They've been in business for years, have great reviews online, and their mobile site is super easy to use. All of a sudden, you find out someone's not going to be playing or someone is playing, you want to make a bet on it there. You do that from your phone because you're at the game or you're at a bar. You're not just hanging out by your computer. You need an easy-to-use mobile site. So lay down some cash and win big today. I'd only recommend a service to my listeners that's been good to me and my bookie has. And that's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. It's as simple as that. They have live in-game betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business. For all you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score every game. Join now and my bookie will match your first deposit dollar for dollar up to a thousand bucks. That is free money for you. Just use promo code locked on to activate the offer. Again, that's promo code locked on L O C K E D O N. Visit my bookie online today. That's M Y B O O K I E. And don't forget to use the promo code locked on when creating your account to claim the bonus and your free money. That's my bookie. You play, you win, you get paid. So putting this losing streak in some more context, and I want to look at, in particular, Alfred Payton and Julius Randle during the stretch. With Alfred Payton, it's more about his absence than anything he necessarily brings to the table, but what he brings to the table is pretty important because I guess it fills that absence. All of a sudden, we've got a weird circle going on here. But all of a sudden, due to the Alfred Payton absence, you see Drew Holiday playing more on ball. And while that works in limited situations, we've seen just how indecisive he is when he attacks. He goes down, he doesn't know whether he should pass or whether he should score. And that's been the big problem with him. We've said it for now like two years. You want to see him play a more instinctual style of basketball. Just go and do your thing, Drew, and don't worry about being a point guard. That's why the move for him to go off ball 
last season and bring in Rondo and let Rondo handle a lot of those point guard duties during the game was such a big thing. It's the same reason why they wanted to bring in Alfred Payton to add that backup aspect to that. And then once Rondo left to go to the Lakers, that Alfred Payton's role became even more important. You just want him to kind of be an attacker and go and do all of that. But when he kind of feels like he needs to create more, it leads to bad passes. It leads to turnovers. It leads to guys getting the ball when they just don't feel like they should be getting it. And I think that's kind of one of the biggest things. Again, he had six turnovers against the Oklahoma City Thunder. When he plays with another ball handler, that isn't really the case. But when he's the main guy, yeah, it's not good, though he's been good in crunch time. We've got to at least give him that. So Alfred Payton stepping in and being able to kind of assume those roles, let Holiday work off ball, is one of the big reasons why this team got out to that 4-0 start and just looked gangbusters on offense. Now, all of a sudden, without Alfred Payton, they do need another ball handler, and it's not Tim Frazier. We were really excited about him coming in, weren't we? That's a rhetorical question. Think about it. You don't need to answer out loud here. But yeah, we were kind of pumped about him, thinking he could do all of this. And then, no, he can't. I guess there's a reason he was unsigned and he was cut by Milwaukee. And it looks bad. They just don't have anyone else to kind of really handle the rock on this team other than Alfred Payton. You need to get some dribble penetration here. And when Drew Holiday is doing that in an indecisive way, it really hurts this team and leads to a lot of turnovers. And that's the biggest reason probably why this offense is sputtering at this point. Now, when it comes to Julius Randle, it's kind of a different thing because he's played in all of the games for the Pelicans so far. And this team's four and six. So what's he contributing? Where have the issues been for him in the last six games compared to the first four? He was awesome in the first four games. We all know that. This was a guy, as I pull the numbers up here, that was averaging 17.5 per game. He was shooting 54% from the field, 44% from deep, getting to the line four and a half times, though he's not the most tremendous free throw shooter, and we're going to touch on that. And giving you almost... Uh, eight and a half boards per game along with 1.5 assists. But also early on, we did see that he was very capable of distributing the ball. Um, and he had a number of assists throughout those first couple of games. So it looked really good there. So those are his numbers in the first four games of the season. So let's ignore the game against the Oklahoma City Thunder. He was excellent at that. Let's just leave it at that. Again, 26 points, eight rebounds, and he was perfect from the field. 10 of 10, two of two from deep, four of four from the line. Awesome. Thank you. He's the reason why they kind of clawed back into that one. But the five games prior to that, of which New Orleans lost all of them, he was averaging 17.2 points per game. So nearly the same amount of points as he was throughout the first four. But he was shooting 50.9, so it's round up, 51% from the field, significantly lower. By the way, during that stretch, he was shooting terribly from three-point range and didn't make a three. He was at that point... Um, 0 for 7 during all of those games, those five. He was bad from the line during that time, making just 70% of his free throws. He wasn't nearly as aggressive on the boards, grabbing just 6.6, so about two less than what he was doing before. And he was averaging 3.4 turnovers compared to just the one turnover that he was averaging in the first four games. It was just a decrease in play. And the Pelicans, though they've talked about that kind of deeper bench, and maybe we bought into that and believed it, and I did, um, hasn't been there. So if he struggles, 
when he was the guy who off the bench in the first game was giving you 25 points, then 18 in the third game, then 14, 13 at different times, and making that bench look good. Well, when he isn't playing well, and he wasn't playing particularly well, though his points look good in those, that's not a recipe for success. The shooting was bad. The turnovers were bad. And it just seemed like he wasn't in position to succeed. You know, this is a guy who can kind of put his head down and score, and he's shooting more threes than long mid-rangers than he was ever doing before. That's all great. But if you're turning the ball over and he's trying to play make a little too much, and the chemistry isn't there with the teammates, and all of a sudden he's not paired necessarily with Anthony Davis in some of those games. He doesn't have Alfred Payton to get him some of those uh, the ball and some of those easy scoring opportunities. Yeah, it's going to be a problem, and we kind of saw it. So now hopefully with Alfred Payton questionable tonight, we'll see if he plays. You know, it seems like maybe they'll hold him out to play him on Saturday against the Denver Nuggets, and that maybe makes more sense considering we've seen how AD isn't playing well during this stretch. That's probably the way to go, and maybe this kind of helps him and gets him out of this funk, and maybe just that game against the Oklahoma City Thunder will do it as well. But for this team to succeed, it's not just that Anthony Davis needs to play a perfect game. You need some help on the bench, and the main guy who's going to give that to you is Elf, is not Alfred Payton, is Julius Randle. The good news is, when we've seen the all-big lineup of AD, Miritich, and Randle, it's starting to look good. I promise we'll talk about this more tomorrow because I think this is something we really need to devote a lot of time to. Hell, whenever you see any big lineup, at one point we saw it was Miritich, Randle, and Diallo, that looked pretty good too. So we'll take a look at that lineup coming up in tomorrow's podcast. I think everyone wants to know a little bit more about that, and I'll pull the numbers and we can kind of dive deep into how that lineup is doing. So before we get to the preview of tonight's game against the Chicago Bulls, there's a lot of sports going on here in Louisiana. The Saints are doing well. LSU is still in contention for a major bowl. And it's sometimes tough just to kind of catch up on everything that's going on around the NFL as a whole and the NBA as a whole. But the Locked On Podcast Network is doing unprecedented things on Twitter and Instagram to make it easier on you to catch up on everything going on in your favorite leagues. On Twitter, follow Locked On NBA Net. It's at Locked On NBA Net, and you get all of the Locked On Podcast Network local hosts covering their NBA team just in one easy feed for you. We're all kind of linked to it. So when we tweet about our teams, it comes up. It's not going to give you the extra stuff or anything like that. When we mention our teams, you get it in your feed. It's that easy. It's amazing during games. And whenever there's breaking news, that is the feed to follow as you get to see it from the local host covering it from an angle that you don't get anywhere else. On Instagram, Locked On NBA Net is giving you the biggest stories in just one minute. It's really cool. You scroll through and all of a sudden you're going to get a 60-second clip from that show breaking down what you need to know about that team. When there's breaking news, there is absolutely nothing better. We've also got longer cuts on the biggest stories of the week in the Locked On NBA uh, Net feed as well. So make sure you follow Locked On NBA Net on both Twitter and Instagram. All right, if the Pelicans were ever to get off of this awful losing streak that they're on, the Chicago Bulls might be the team to do it against. Currently, just 3-8, and eight, they have a defensive rating of 24th out of 30th, an offensive rating of 21 out of 30th, and they have a pace of 25. So that's just kind of good on its own. And then you look at the injuries, and it's pretty bad. Chris Dunn is out. Larry Markinen is out. Bobby Portis should be out. Denzel Valentine should be out. That's four of their better players on this team. They are just 
banged up and it is a little rough right now. They do have some bright spots in Zach Levine, who's averaging almost 28 points per game, giving you five rebounds, 3.8 assists. He's also shooting 35% from deep on almost seven attempts per game. It's pretty good. You know, coming back from the injury that he had a couple of years ago, he's having a bit of a breakout season, though someone has to score points on this pretty bad right now and banged up Chicago Bulls team. Jabari Parker is averaging 14.4 for him, 6.3 rebounds. By the way, Zach Levine's averaging 4.3 turnovers per game. So Parker, by the way, 14.4 points, but that's coming on 13.1 shots per game. Not exactly great, efficient numbers right there. And then, of course, you've got the former LSU player, Antonio uh, Blakeney, who is having a pretty good year for them, averaging 11.9. But no one really scares you on this team. Maybe Justin Holiday, Drew's brother, by the way, 11.5 points. And you kind of look at what Chicago does, and you watch them on film. They have a very inefficient offense that, by the way, turns the ball over more than the Pelicans have been turning the ball over during this losing streak for them. That's a great sign because when you turn the team over, you can maybe get some fast break points and play them transition and just play fast and in the break like this Pelicans team wants to do. They also don't turn opponents over, being one of the worst in the league when it comes to opponents' turnover percentage. It's really good for a team that's been turning the ball over a whole lot right now. They're one of the worst rebounding teams in the league, too. They rank 29th in, in offensive rebounding percentage and just 27th in defensive rebound percentage. There's been no reason to kind of panic necessarily on this Pelicans losing streak. It's been against playoff teams. You've been on the road for five of them in five consecutive, which is the longest road trip of the year. That's tough. You lose to this team, the Chicago Bulls at home, yeah, we're going to have an angry cast the next day. So hopefully that isn't going to happen and we don't see that occur. Because this team just isn't good really at anything in particular. I'm kind of looking around and I've watched them a little bit trying to catch up on their games. Nothing jumps out at you that should scare the New Orleans Pelicans tonight. They lose, we're going to have a talk because that's not good. This is a game after the five-game lose, sorry, six-game losing streak that you cannot afford to drop at home, particularly if you also want to keep fan interest up in this team, something else to keep in mind. So based off what I've told you, no reason to lose. We don't need to preview this game any further. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Enjoy the game tonight. Hopefully the Pelicans can get off of the slide. And tomorrow, I promise, we'll touch on the three big lineup as well as recap this game because I think those are both going to be of big interest. And hopefully we see that big three closing this game out in dominant fashion for the Pelicans because they certainly need it. So thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all tomorrow. 